Hey everybody, welcome to Nada Grande Outdoors. Kyle Jackson here with Rodney Wood. Uh, today we're going to talk about sighting your, specifically your rifle in on this podcast. Um, if if you like what you hear, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, at Nada Grande Outdoors. If you really like what you hear, share us with your friends. Uh, let's get into it, Rodney. Uh, let's talk about uh, sighting in a rifle. This is kind of a follow-up to a pod, uh, podcast uh, that we talked about weapon selection. Yep, up at the Whittington Center. Yep. Uh, the NRA Whittington Center up near Raton. Uh, had a lot of good fun. Absolutely. A phenomenal facility. Center. Really phenomenal facility. So uh, <clears throat> just kind of world-class facility for... For almost all shooting disciplines yes. and uh, had a lot of fun but uh, we talked about weapon selection we talked about you know the basics of that uh, as it pertains to to your hunts and now we're going to talk about sighting that weapon in and I think to start off you almost have to talk about safety safety that should be the number one thing that is discussed um, at the beginning of every um, in everything that pertains to firearms and shootings is safety. Uh, number one, we want to make sure that we all go home safely. Yep. Uh, the same way that we got here. And you know, I'm I'm a firearms instructor uh, with the department. And so this is one of the things I do on a regular basis, uh, and every single time that we go out to shoot, uh, these are these are guys who who carry a firearm every day, who use it, uh, you know, regularly, whether it's you know to put down an animal or whatever. But no, doesn't matter whether you're a first-time shooter, whether you've shot a million times safety should be paramount and we go over the four safety rules uh, the four cardinal rules of safety every time that we do our firearms training and anytime I mean you can attest to it we've taken our our mother-in-law out we've taken sister you know sister-in-laws out to shoot yes. and every single time we go over those four cardinal rules of safety and it just simply boils down to one treat all guns as if they're always loaded yes uh, you know just treat them that way don't ever assume that they're not or that they are treat them that way and you'll you'll have that respect for those firearms uh, the second one being be aware of your muzzle where it's pointed uh, you know the muzzle is a dangerous end. that's that's the Muzz, end of, muzzle control that's the business end. that's the business end. that's where the bullet comes out of that's that's the uh, the business end of that implement and so as long as you can control that muzzle um, now understand that that muzzle control is going to be easier with uh, a rifle than it is with a with a handgun just because of the length of the barrel and all that stuff but just boil down simply it's muzzle control watch where you point that muzzle don't ever point it you know at anything you're not willing to destroy correct third one is Keep your booger picking finger off the trigger till you're ready to shoot. Booger fe- picking finger off the trigger. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna use that on my next firearm. That was um, yeah. When when um, my oldest boy, when I put him through 
um, Hunter's Education, the instructor, that, that is pretty much what he stressed the absolute most is muzzle control and keeping your bugger picking finger off the trigger till you're ready to shoot. Yep. You Period. keep that trigger finger off the trigger until you have got your sights on target and you're ready to shoot. Correct. I mean, doesn't get any simpler than that. Nope. Um, last one, last cardinal rule is know what your target is. Yep. Uh, and beyond. And what's in between and beyond it. Um, if If you're just focusing on your target, you may miss something behind. I see it all the time. You know, a guy, uh, guy calls in, to, had a cow tag, shot a cow, and it passed through and killed either another cow or, or, or you know. Or a bull or, or a cow or, or, a or whatever. And, you know, those in those types of situations, um, that's not an accident. Nope. You should have taken the time yes. to recognize that there was something behind it. Uh, there are true accidents out there, but they're far and few between. Yeah. So... Be sure of what your target is. That that comes back to you know we talked about long range shooting a little bit, yep. um, and how you know if you if you're comfortable doing that, that's fine. But you and I are not comfortable nope. doing that simply because of the many factors that go into that. Uh, another little story about that: I had a, a guy shot a spike with a cow tag, and I asked him, well, how far away was it? And he goes, well, it was about 700 yards. I said, well, what time of day was it? Well, it was dusk no wonder you couldn't see the spikes right that's part of that knowing what your target is if you yep. can't readily identify what that target is then don't shoot at it don't shoot at it if you're not 100 percent sure 100 percent, don't take the shot absolutely absolutely so uh got that out of the way that those four cardinal safety rules are gonna are, are gonna keep you guys safe out there if you always remember them yes uh, just real simple the, the guns it, it's a big debate right now um nationally uh, politically and we don't like to get into politics around here but I do want to stress this a gun a firearm is an inanimate object it cannot hurt anyone at any time for any reason unless it is mishandled by us yeah I mean it's not gonna get up and do its own thing correct it's an inanimate object so you follow these rules, um, like Kyle's talking about. You, you follow these four cardinal rules. You make sure that you are in control of your muzzle, uh, that you're um, – we just went over them. What the heck was the what, – what the heck, Kyle? <laughs> so boil it back down for Rodney again because he forgot them. Muzzle control. A muzzle control. Keep your finger off the Keep trigger. Keep your finger off the trigger. All guns are always loaded. All guns are always loaded. And know what know your, target your target is. is. Okay, you do those four things, and and it's safe. Yeah. Completely safe. Yep. As long as you're following the rules, there's nothing dangerous about it. Yep. It's not until you get outside those rules that people start getting hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So follow those rules. Absolutely. So once you've observed the safety rules, Kyle, and you've explained those, now we get into... Um, uh, the basics of sighting in so the first thing that you're going to start with um get my papers are organized here i got the wrong one on bottom <laughs> so uh, we're gonna 
really, I mean, you got to. We talked about in weapon selection, you boil down to party. You know, when you choose your hunt, you're sometimes choosing the type of weapon that you're mm-hmm. going to use. Maybe not the specific caliber, but uh, when whenever you're choosing a weapon, you're going to have a couple of different types of sights. Uh, you know, the most basic is what we call iron sights. Iron sights. And that can either be open sights with, uh, you know, a front post and a, you know, a back, back sight with a with a groove in it, mm-hmm. or that can be a peep sight. Peep sights, one of my favorite oh, types of sights. Really uh, fun to shoot. Love it on muzzleloader, uh, on 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 my muzzleloader. It's a, a phenomenal, um, phenomenal set of sights in my opinion. Love to shoot through peep sights. Yep. But uh, with those sights, you need to know how they shoot. You need to uh, know, you know, do I drop the, how, how does that gun shoot? Do, and that's part of that sighting in, uh, is figuring out where that sits. For the most part, when you're talking about using iron sights, um, you, and we'll go over the seven uh, fundamentals of marksmanship here in a minute, because I think those are really important in order to be effective in your sighting mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. But with iron sights, you're going to have what they call a sight picture and sight alignment. And the sight alignment is the relationship of your front sight to your back sight. Uh, you know, if you've got a front post and you've got rear, you know, a rear uh, sight with, uh, with a groove in it, generally that front post is going to sit right even in that groove uh, the top of the front post even with the tops of the back sights and uh, even on either side of the front posts between the groove mm-hmm. of the back sights and so that's your sight alignment and then when you start talking about sight picture uh, that is the relationship of your sights to your target and a lot of people don't know this but when you're shooting iron sights uh, open sights, not uh, not necessarily peep sight, but well, the peep sight too. But your eye automatically does it. Uh, when you're shooting open sights, your front sight is what should be in focus. Your rear sights, because your eye can only focus on one thing at a time. One at a time. And so, when you're when you're uh, focusing on that front sight, your rear sights and your target are going to be a little bit blurry. Uh, that being said, uh, most of the time. There's there's two different ways that people like to sight in rifles for the sight picture. They either cover the target with their front post, which I don't like that because how are you going to identify your target if you're covering it? Correct. Uh, but the other way is to basically set your target on top of that front post and you sight it in that way. Which is which is the method that I choose, and we'll and we'll get into um, we'll get into that. A little bit more specifically here in a bit um well and i you know it's going to be difficult to do you know that's more of a visual conversation i think correct. we're going to put some videos out that'll cover that in more detail for those of you who are not familiar with these types of sites and, and things like that but just real generally you know you talk about that's what you need to be aware of whenever if you if you've got a gun and you're going to shoot open sights um Familiar, familiar, familiarize yourself with that. Education. That's Education. what we talk about. That's what we talk about. Um, so some other types of um, of sights that we're going to talk about is your optics. Um, there's two types. 
of optics in general in general um you've got your your red dot or your single focal plane um and your magnified give us give us a little bit of education on those two kyle so um a red dot is really cool uh it, it's not i'm not going to say it's not used not typically used for hunting because people use them a lot on like turkey guns mm-hmm. uh, which that's a great use for them but as far coyotes. as what's that coyotes coyotes yeah you know as far as uh you know long range or more long range hunting type optics you're looking at the magnified optics and there's a you know a bunch of different magnifications um and i don't know if we really want to get into all of that uh in in this podcast but uh real simply put uh, a red dot is it's basically a quick acquisition sight uh, it's really good for close-up type of uh, targeting which probably, is turkey probably more of a tactical yeah uh, scope and I think well. that's kind of where it where it originated uh, but the the nice thing about a red dot is you can co-witness with iron sights through a red dot sight yes so if again your red dot's usually going to take some sort of battery or something like that. So if it does fail, which technology fails, batteries fail, uh, you can co-witness with those iron sights. An optic is not, you're not going to have that option. However, an optic is usually more durable uh, and you're not going to have to worry about that co-witness because you are solely relying on on that optic. Um, and the magnification just kind of depends on how what caliber you're using uh you know with a a small caliber for hunting small game like a 22 you're not going to need anything more than a one by or three by or even just a straight six by yeah you know um typical typical um magnification for a lot of scopes out there is going to be your three by nine three by nine you, you know um, not a fixed magnification, but a three to nine um, scope. Yep. Um, so you can zoom in and zoom out a little bit. And so, explain to the listeners who may not know a lot about about optics what those numbers mean. What does a three by nine mean? So that that's going to be your magnification. You're, on the back of your scope, you're going to have a little dial. Um, that you can zoom in and and zoom out um, in your magnification. Now, if you, if you have, let's say you're deer hunting, and you have a deer pop out of the woods at uh, 50 yards, and you've got your scope zoomed all the way in, you might pull up on that deer and see nothing but hair. And then you're not going to know exactly where to place your crosshairs on that animal in the kill zone. Right. So you're going to have to back it out. Right. Um, and that's that's what that that uh, that is. It's it. So that's it's a three, range. That, of it's a range of, range of magnification. Yeah. So it it magnifies three times what the normal eye would see through a, just a piece of glass. Correct. Up to up nine to times. nine times, and then you start getting into a twelve by forty, or, or you know, especially Correct. in like uh, binocs and things like that. Yeah. Uh, what what are your vultures? Oh, my 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 vortex um, are are twelve by fifties. Yep. Uh, 
12 is the magnification um, and that's it's not completely fixed you know you have you have uh, adjustments on your binoculars yeah um, you know for but but it's not you know they're they don't call them the three to nine right you know it's just a they they're 12 by 50s yeah and so um, again without getting too far into the weeds on this uh, understand before going out and getting an optic what the pros and cons of that optic are gonna, are gonna be again a, a three by nine uh, or or similar is gonna be a pretty good optic for uh, for the hundred to two hundred yard range I Correct. guess you could say um, I on on my coyote rifle on my 22-250 I got a 12 by and that means it will like it start the magnification starts at 12 and so it's a horrible gun for up close that's yeah. why i carry a shotgun when i'm hunting coyotes because if they get in any closer than 50 yards you can't see them. i can't see them because you can't find them because that magnification is so much and so understand that before purchasing a, uh, an optic and know kind of what educate yourself you know what we're talking yep. about uh, about yourself. what will work and what you need and what you don't need it really boils down to what you need versus what do you want um many people buy things because they think they need them when they could get by with something that was probably a little bit cheaper uh, or less expensive and would work for a wider range of of uses Correct. the basic what is it and i've i've heard this i don't know you hear this growing up um, throughout your your hunt I, at least I have I've always I've always heard it be explained this way and you tell me if you've heard it different um, that you want what's the ratio is it two to one you want if you've got a $600 rifle you want $1,200 in glass on top of it you know, I, I don't know. I, I never really had much of that uh, growing up. Um, I, you know, I kind of just took whatever was on, on my dad's rifle. As, as, as have I. Um, I. I think that's just what I... I don't think it was a one-to-one. I mean, I've never followed it, so that's that's the hard part. You know, I, I've, I've never really followed it. I've heard it said. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's two-to-one. I think that's what they say. It may be, but that that's an expensive optic. Um, yeah. You know, for my stuff, Maybe there it's are half again as much. There are there's good glass out there that you can get for a reasonable amount. Um, if you've got the money, obviously, the the you you get what you pay for. Uh, for so like if Swarovski is the gold standard of of glass sure. out there. But who I'll can take, afford? I'll take that three or four or six pairs of Vortex to one pair of Swarovskis, and there's all day long. And there's the argument, and we could have that argument all day long. Um, would would I turn down a pair of Swarovskis no. if someone gave them to me? 
Heck no. Heck no. But Zeiss, Swarovski, Zeiss, both Swarovski, great, 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 fantastic glass. I mean, uh, really good glass. But I could, I could purchase, you know, three or four yeah. really good optics from Vortex uh, for the price that I could get one optic right. from Swarovski. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about my twelve by fifties that I purchased. You know, we, we purchased them with the sole purpose of we'd been hunting some deer, and we'd been doing spot and stock. So we've been seeing deer half a mile, a mile out. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got some spotting scopes as well, but we were looking at these deer and I wanted to be carrying glass that I could see these deer with, um, with my binoculars instead of having to break out a scope all the t- uh, spotting scope all the time. Um, and it's kind of a combined effort. You know, we're hunting together. Um, you've got your eight by forty twos, and I've got the twelve by fifties. Yep. And Dedon's got a pair of ten by fifties. Yeah. So, at, as a group, we are covering our bases, you know, and it. So so what happens is like the twelve by fifties. They're hard to see with freehand. Um, yeah. You you need because the magnification. Sta- yeah, the magnification is, is up so there. Great. So it gets a little shaky um, unless you've got a good um, stable, stable platform, platform to, to view through. So if anything's close, they work fine. But when it's out there, they get a little bit more questionable. So we drop them on a pair, uh, on a tripod. Yep. And we've got good glass for that distance. We also use our shooting sticks. Um, a monopod, Primo's Gen 2 shooting stick. Mm-hmm. Fantastic for glassing, if you ask me. You 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 set your binoculars up on top of that, grab a hold to the bill of your cap, lock yourself down, standing there, man. You can you can really hold those. But then you've got the smaller binoculars mm-hmm. um, for for closer stuff. And and uh, as a group, we've got our bases covered. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, having said all that. Yeah, completely uh, sidetracked. Complete <laughs> rabbit trail. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> um, having said all that, understand that you get what you pay for. Um, you know, you can get you can get optics out there that are cheaper, but uh, these these brands like Vortex and things like that, they do quite a bit of testing so that. Uh, it's not just about how clear the glass is. It's how durable is it. Can, can you drop it and it still holds zero? Yes. You know, that type of thing. And so those are all things that you need to take into consideration. Sure, you could buy a Simmons scope for, uh, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks uh, from Walmart. And you can zero it and be like, yeah, I'm good with this. But you bump it and it may, it may be off. Uh, you know, you get it wet, it may cloud up. And so... Just understand what you're buying before you put yep. it on your rifle. Yep, yep. So, so let's move into those seven fundamentals that you were talking about, Kyle. Walk us through the seven fundamentals before we get into the actual sighting end. Okay. So we use this, again, in firearms quite a bit and in, in uh, law enforcement. Um, and I'll have to modify one of them just because... You know, we use we use it mainly for our handguns because that's what we do a lot of training with. We do training with rifles and shotguns some too, but uh, a lot of our training happens with our with our our sidearms. But the first one is grip. Um, 
And when you when you uh, talk about grip uh, in regards to a rifle, obviously you're not going to choke it to death. Uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna get a good grip, and basically, you know anything if you if you've shot, you want to get it tight into your shoulder. Correct. You want to pull it into your shoulder. If there's any 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 uh, room space between your shoulder and the gun, you, it's gonna hurt. Yep. So you pull it tight into your shoulder. Uh, you get it nice and steady, and that goes into n number two, which is stance, which with a rifle I equate to um, your stability. And basically, uh, you know, when we talk about stability, the more contact you can get with the ground with your body, the more stable you're going to be. So if you're standing, you've got basically two points of contact with the ground. If you've got shooting sticks, you've got three points more stable with shooting sticks if you go to kneeling uh, you know depending on the type of kneeling that you're doing you've got more contact with the ground when you go to prone you've obviously got way more contact with the ground it's gonna make you more stable so the more contact that you've got with the ground the more stable that you're gonna be if you can get the rifle onto uh, something like a backpack then it makes you even more stable correct so uh, grip stance or stability uh, side alignment we talked about side alignment it's the relationship of your sights to each other with a with an optic you're not gonna have to worry too much about side alignment because you're just focusing on the crosshairs or you're focusing on the target and putting crosshairs on the target same with a red dot you're just putting that dot on the target and and in that in that scenario like you talked about earlier Kyle uh, when you're doing open sights, you, you've got your, your back sights blurry, your target's blurry, and your front sight is what you're focused on. And when you're looking through an optic, everything's in, in, in focus. You're, Correct. You're, if, you're, if you're properly adjusted, your crosshairs are in focus as well as the animal, um, so you don't have that particular Correct. thing to worry about. And the one I didn't really talk about with the sight alignment was the peep. Uh, the peep, why the peep is so effective as an as an iron sight, is that um, if you focus on the front sight, again, it's the same as as the regular open sights. Your front sight should be blurry. Your rear sight should be, or sorry, your front sight should be clear. Your rear sight should be blurry, and your target should be a little bit blurry. If you focus on the front sight with a peep sight, your eye will automatically center that front sight in the peep and it'll make it accurate that's why peep sights are so much more accurate than an open sight because there's almost no uh, human error to it because your eye will automatically adjust that for you um, so grip stance or you know grip uh, stability sight alignment sight picture we talked about sight picture I like it to put the target right on top of the front sight if I have iron sights your sight picture with an optic is going to be either the dot on the vitals or the crosshair on the vitals. This requires you to know what your target is. Where are the vitals in it? Correct. Um, then we get into breath control. Um, how do how were you taught when you were a kid? Um, so what we were always taught is to um, exhale or inhale, exhale, 
and either on your intake or your out or your exhale go half yep breathe out half pause and squeeze the trigger and most people do it that way and especially when you're teaching kids that's easy to teach them that way you exhale half of your breath and then you hold it and in that pause you're going to be squeezing the trigger um as you've got, as i've gotten older i've gotten more disciplined and they actually teach in firearms that you exhale and either between the natural pause between the exhale and the inhale or the natural pause between the inhale and the exhale is when you should be squeezing that trigger because holding your breath actually creates some tension in your body when you hold that breath i don't think it's a big deal especially when hunting uh, that's more of kind of a tactical type of thing but either way that you were taught um there you're going to be squeezing that trigger you're going to use that breath control to calm yourself down um and you need that pause because if you're breathing and you squeeze that trigger when you're breathing any kind of that movement is going to throw throw your trajectory trajectory off correct so that's breath control trigger control pretty simple with rifles you are going to squeeze or press the trigger it's going to be a steady press from the front to the rear it's not a slapping motion it's not a jerking motion the smoother and steadier that press is the more accurate you're going to be um, we call it a surprise break so if you shoot your gun enough it's really not kind of, kind of not a surprise but uh, it's that's the easiest way to explain it to most people who haven't done a whole lot of shooting Correct. is as you press back there's a certain point there where it breaks and that firing pin lets loose and strikes the primer and it goes bang and, and you're surprised that's what you want is that surprise break if you're forcing it and you're pulling too hard you could push your barrel one way or the other and and you you're, may be off you're bracing it for it and if you're if you've got your crosshairs on the target and as you're pulling that trigger or pressing that trigger and all of a sudden you're expecting it to go off you'll tense up well did you uh, do what they call the flinch that yeah you you're gonna you're gonna tense up and it's gonna move your crosshairs and a perfect a perfect trick to play and I've, I've played this trick on all of my kids um, is to act like you've loaded the gun but really don't put a shell in it yep and then they're sitting down there thinking they're about to shoot and they will see when they pull that trigger you'll see whether or not they're moving or if they're just getting a good steady steady press, press on that trigger uh, I do it to my kids all the time just to teach them you know don't jump um, I've accidentally done it to myself um, plenty of times you know uh, a misfire or something like that and 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 you'll know if you are if you are jumping um, sometimes you're shooting a firearm that's that's uh, got quite a kick and quite a loud explosion when the when the bullet goes off um, and we're human we don't like pain um, so we will flinch um, and we'll talk about that here in a minute because I think that's a really good point um, especially with um, youth and and ladies 
um, is well, we we did talk about it in weapon selection. Don't yes. don't get too big of a gun. Nope. Uh, because you're you're not going to be able to effectively sight it in or practice because they're just going to go to flinching. We, this isn't a competition. Uh, it's not to see who can take the the who can shoot the biggest round. It's all about who can make the cleanest kill in one shot. Yeah. That's what it's about. And and you can take an animal uh, with a, a perfect example of this is muzzler. Okay. There's a lot of people out there that want to shoot a, um, a magnum round, 150 grains of powder behind their bullet, and that's great. I mean, if that's what they want to shoot, fine. But don't shoot it just because your testosterone level needs to be way up there. Yeah. Because I can do the same thing with 90 grains. Well, I did the same thing with a round ball. Yeah. It, it's about shot placement. I killed that deer of um, mine over there in Artesia with one yeah, shot. That's the most important thing. Shot placement. All right. So, last fundamental of marksmanship is follow through. Um, with your sight picture... Uh, you should have for one shot you should have two sight pictures so you got your sight picture you press that trigger trigger control breath control gun gun goes bang you have the recoil in which you're gonna lose your sight picture you should immediately come back on target and reacquire that sight picture and that is what we call follow-through um, oftentimes people who are wanting to see if they hit the target will pick up their look head. over their sights and when you do that oftentimes your bullet goes low because you're pushing that bullet down you're anticipating that shot so grip stance or stability sight alignment sight picture breath control trigger control and follow through if you follow those um, and you practice those you're going to be a better shot all right, that's out of the way. Um, let's talk about when you get out to the range and some things that you're going to need to sight in. Uh, one we, is going to be... When we when we get to this, let me touch on something real quick. Okay. Um, there's, there's a couple of places that you can shoot. Um, you know, if you have some private property, then, and, and uh, you know, that's one thing. Um, but for public, you've got ranges. Yep. A public um, range. Public range, or you can go out onto BLM or forest <coughs> and shoot. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to go out to a public area and shoot, think safety even more so than you would at at a range. And well, I'm not, at a I'm range, not knocking safety at a range, but but. At a range, you're usually going to have somebody who's enforcing safety. Correct. And everybody that's there yeah. is aware of what's going on. Correct. All right? But when you go out into the public, remember that there's people out there as well that may be opposed to firearms. They may be opposed to hunting. And you need to represent us in a respectable manner. You need to represent the shooting and the hunting community in a respectable manner. Well, don't be just shooting anywhere 
you don't remember, be dangerous. You remember the big fat camp, the first big fat camp out. Correct. Um, we were shooting twenty twos. We were having a, a little friendly competition among the family, and we had a range set up in a really safe spot, good backdrop, and we had some motorcycles come through where they weren't supposed to be. I'll I'll put you put put it that to you that way. They weren't Correct. supposed to be there. There was no trail there, but it was. It was on the backdrop. It was past our targets, so we shut everything down. Correct. Made sure it was clear. Yeah. But that's what you have to be aware of, because that is public ground. Correct. Uh, make sure that you know those cardinal safety rules. Yeah. It, it very important. I've seen a lot of people shooting, and they think that just because they have the right to be out there, they can do whatever the heck they want. Um, you're you're representing the shooting and the hunting community. Do it with a little bit of pride. Um, and pick and a your whole crap lot of safety. Up. Yes, pick up your stuff. Pick up your shells. Pick up your casings. Don't just leave that stuff out there. Don't just leave your target. Um, there is there is a thing, uh, uh, an actual disease that can get into these animals if they eat these cartridges. Um, so so, pick your stuff up, man. Yep. Clean it up. Clean That's it important. Up. Clean it up. Just okay. A little bit of respect. Back to rests and benches, Kyle. You, you were, we're going to get into the different types of rests that you can have. Yeah, and, and we'll just go over this real generally. Uh, and th- when you think about sighting in, go back and think about that stance or think about the stability that you're going to need. Mm-hmm. You want to be as stable as you possibly can because when you're sighting in, which is very different from when you're practicing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Correct. But when you're sighting in, all that you're doing is trying to keep as much human element out of it as possible and make sure that that gun is shooting correctly other than the trigger press. Correct. The, the, you want to make sure that all things being equal, yep. if the gun is perfectly still... And the the crosshairs are on the target when that trigger is pressed properly and the gun doesn't move and the scope doesn't move, that that bullet is going to go where your crosshairs are. Yes. That's what you're after. That's called zero. Yep. Zeroing, zeroing your rifle. Um, that being said, the best way to do that is if you're on a range, you have a bench that is designated... You have a lead sled, you strap that gun in, and that gun is pretty much immobile. Pretty much what you could do is just press the trigger. Press the trigger without even touching without the even gun. Without even touching it. Now, is that going to be possible for most of you out there? Probably not. No. Um, so, there are some things that you can do if you don't have that option. There are some things that you can do to mitigate the human influence. Sandbags are a really good rest mm-hmm. they they uh create a really stable rest for you um and you know you don't just want to get out there on a fence post and try and sight in off of a fence post that's a hard you know hard surface the forearm of your rifle on the very top of a fence post think of it like a a, a joint it can move pretty much anywhere correct versus a sandbag with your rifle on that sandbag, kind of cradles it, it really cradles it. It softens the recoil, all of those things, and so that's a better way to go. Um, coming back to the lead sleds, uh, you c- there is a way to sight in with one bullet. Uh-huh. If you've got a lead sled, you strap that rifle in, you shoot, 
and you figure out where your shot went and you move your scope your scope to your crosshairs that to that shot and that's called the one bullet sighted if you have those facilities great way to do it most people are going to do what we do and that is shoot a volley of three and see where you're grouping at and move that group understand that your type of rifle the type of ammunition that you use is probably going to affect that grouping however what you're looking for is where not outliers where are most of your bullets hitting correct and you're going to move that and and try and keep as much human element out of it as possible you're going to move that and try and zero that center that on the target correct and and we don't want to get into this you know too specifically um but if you're shooting a scope uh, you're going to have a, a top adjustment and a side adjustment these dials are going to tell you on there um, which way you want to go i mean if you're shooting to the left it's going to tell you left and right you turn it to the right typically uh one click per quarter inch at 100, 100 yards, yards and it, it'll say that on the scope some scopes i've seen are at 50 yards depends. so it depends on the scope but it's going to tell you if you're shooting iron sights typically what you're going to want to adjust is your back sight and it's it's not going to have the opposite so if you're shooting to the left you're going to want to i gotta get this right in my you head real quick. you need to move your rear sights opposite you want to move your rear sights to the right that's going to cause you to bring the front of your rifle to the left and it matches correct. where your bullet is going and then you will readjust the front of your rifle to the right correct so, yes. yeah that's what and happens. that and that's going to have so, have to adjust it but so so with the scope it's going to tell you where to do it with your rear sights um you're going to have to 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 use that you know if you're shooting left move it right um shoot, you know if you're shooting left. the opposite way to do that is to I, I, move I, I, your I, I, front sight and if you're using that technique your front sight goes in the direction you want your bullet to go correct and so by extension your rear sight you would move to the opposite of where you want your bullet to go correct that's for open sights uh again he talked about your scope um you're gonna basically whichever way you want your move your bullet to go you're going to click it in that direction right left up or down and in essence what it's doing is just what you did with the rear sight it's adjusting the scope opposite and making you adjust the rifle correct so without <laughs> clear as mud yeah muddy, muddy anyway so if you're using an optic we're gonna it's come really out, we're gonna come out with some videos yeah. that that are gonna actually show this stuff it's so. it's really pretty simple um especially if you have an optic it's most of the time those are gonna have some instructions on which way to go if you have an optic just remember you want your if you're shooting left meaning you're to the left of center on your target you're going to click the little dial on your scope to the right and one click per quarter inch one click generally one click per quarter inch at 100 yards yes all right targets yeah um we just talked about Kyle was just talking about one click per quarter inch so if you're shooting at a grid target mm -hmm. um that's going to help you know how far away you're not going to have to go up with a tape measure you're going to see each one of those grids which are an inch yeah those grids are usually an inch yep and so you can say all right i'm four boxes to the left of center but i'm good up and down Correct. i need to move my scope 16 
clicks. 16 clicks, yeah. At 100 yards. Should take care of it. Uh, oh, again, like Kyle said, shoot three. Shoot um, three. Take the average and, and move at that. Yep. Uh, and the other thing that you want to think about when dialing your scope, only move one direction at a time. Correct. So Don't let's move. say you're left and down of center when you first sight in. Choose a direction. Either go up first, and then when you're shooting directly center up and down, then move, then left, move right. left or right. I typically start with the one that's the the furthest off. Say if I'm if I'm three inches to the left and three and and four inches down, I'm typically going to go ahead and bring it four inches up first. Yep. And then the three inches left. If it's off, if, if I'm two inches down and three inches left, I'm going to bring it right first and then I'll bring it up. Yeah. I want to start with the biggest error first. And it doesn't really matter. Just remember Correct. that you want to do one at a time. Don't click, you know, 10 clicks up and 12 clicks right because uh, it you, you get confused about how far you moved your scope. So do one direction yeah. at a time. Yeah. So another thing that I like to do when I'm starting out is I don't want to start at 100 yards. Mm-hmm. I like to start at 25 yards. Well, especially if you're using a rifle that you that have never, never put shot. on. If you haven't ever shot this rifle, you've never put it on paper. If you start out at 100 and that sucker is 16 inches off um, to the right or up, you're going to be off the paper and you're not going to have any clue where you're shooting. Correct. So particularly with rifles that you've never shot, um, or with a rifle that you've shot before, but it's been a long time, and you can't get it to hit at 100. Right. Move it back to 25. Get it on paper. Right. And then, and then you know, and there's there. just something a little bit more comforting about shooting something at 25 because you don't feel like you're the reason. Yeah. That it's off. Yeah. At 100 yards, you can feel like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. But when you're shooting at 25, you know, okay, yeah, that's not me. I mean, it's just I don't know something in your brain. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah. Uh, so I I feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, I shoot at 25. If I'm an inch off, you know, then I can just move over a little bit. Now, of course, I'm going to be doing one click per quarter, you know, one click per inch instead of one click per quarter inch. Right, because you're, you're at 25, 25 yards instead of 100. 100 yards. So one click for every inch. Um, get it adjusted real quick and then move out to 100. Yeah. Take a look at it. Yeah. Um, and so... Understand that we talked about this before as well. Certain guns like certain types of ammo. So this is where you're going to figure out um, if your if your gun is is shooting a five inch group at a hundred yards, you probably need to try a different weight of bullet or something different because mm-hmm. that's not a very good group. An inch group at a hundred yards, really good. good group, pretty, pretty good, good group. Um, so be aware of that uh you need to think about your ammo make sure your ammo matches your gun exactly um and i could go either way on this if you're going to sight in your rifle that's great you can use practice ammo to get it close but whenever you sight in to go hunting you need to use the ammo that you're going to use in the field and do not mix and match ammo so no. if you've got 55 grain bullets don't hunt with 45 grain if you sighted in 55 grain they're gonna shoot different they absolutely will even different brands so consistency 
you know, you want to be consistent in your shooting and your in where you where you hold the weapon, where you place your cheek on the stock, where you're looking through the scope, and and in the ammo that you choose. Um, Kyle's exactly right. If if you just want some practice shooting, if you just need to practice shooting, um, just getting used to the gun, use whatever ammo you want. Yeah. But when you're actually dialing in. And then ready for the hunt, you want to shoot the same ammo in the field that you're shooting at the range. Yeah. So let's talk about practice because it's totally different than sighting in. Correct. It is, it is not the same thing. Practice and sighting in, you know, sighting in, you're just trying to zero your weapon. You're not practicing shooting. It is practice, but it's not the same thing. When you're practicing, you want to know that your gun is zeroed. And then you want to practice to get better. So I think a good distinction is when you're sighting in, and we talked about it, when you're sighting in, you're trying to eliminate all human, human error. error from the process just Correct. to make sure that your gun is, is on. When you're practicing, you are actually introducing that human error to emulate things that you might encounter in the field. Things like shooting positions. Correct. Standing kneeling sitting sitting prone prone uh, awkward positions awkward. using things to brace off of yep. you know shooting sticks shooting sticks uh, you, you know if you're you, going to use it in the field you correct. ought to practice with it yeah if if you're going to be wearing a, a backpack let's say let's say you're going on a pack trip into the wilderness right and you're going to take your backpack and you're going to have 30 pounds on it well if a 30 inch bruiser jumps out in front of you while you're walking down the trail with your 30 pound backpack on your back you're not going to wait to take your backpack off so practice shooting with your backpack on yeah why would that be important well because it's heavy you know it's going to throw off your balance it's going to throw off your balance you may fall over backwards you need to know these things you need to know how far you need to lean forward uh, these types of things, you you need to know that your binoculars are going to not get in the way, that the strap coming over your shoulder is not going to change the angle of your shot. Well, that's a really good point because we talk about getting that, you know, in those fundamentals of marksmanship, that grip, you're going to put that rifle butt uh, in your, you know, strong in your shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, that changes when you get prone. That changes when you have a backpack strap in the place Correct. that you usually Correct. put that. It moves it out a half an inch, and a half an inch could be a big deal. Absolutely, like, it, it could, could be, be the difference between and and worse than worse than being the difference between a hit and a miss is a hit hit and a bad, and a bad hit. Because none of us want to have a bad hit. No. So. No, we want to make so, a clean kill. Yeah. We want it to be. Uh, ethical. We want it to be quick. Yeah. Nobody likes to see an animal suffer. Um, you just don't want that. Different times of day. Uh, practice shooting into the sun. Practice shooting away from the sun. Uh, you may have to go to the range sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the evening, just so you can see how your scope handles that light. Yep. Um, the shooting lights. Okay. There, there's laws on when you can and can't shoot. Okay. To, to, to heck with the laws. The law say, may say you can start shooting at 7, but if you can't see good at 7, don't shoot. Yeah. Wait until you can see good uh, and know you your can, scope. You can usually, so the laws in New Mexico are 30 minutes before daylight, 30, 30 minutes, minutes after. after. Or after, before sunlight, and sun, sunrise, and 30 minutes after sunset. I can tell you from experience, 
I can't see jack crap 30 minutes before sunrise. I can yep. see pretty good 30 minutes after sunset. Depending on where you're at. Depending on where you're at. You know, you may be off in the bottom of a canyon and you may still have 15 minutes of, of, of legal shooting light. But you can't see. But the sun's in your face and you can't see up the hill. Yeah. So practice these practice these things. Um, if, if you can manage it, go practice shooting in the rain. Yeah. Practice shooting when it's hot. Practice shooting when it's cold. Um, all of these, especially cold, you know, a, a cold, if you're hunting muzzleloader, uh, one thing about muzzleloader is, is you'll notice that your shots will move as your barrel warms up. Yep. So, well, and it's not just muzzleloader. No. A, 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 anybody who shoots will tell you a cold bore shot is the hardest shot to make Correct. because it shoots different whenever your muzzle warms up. Yep. And what happens when you go to the range? Your first shot is not the one that you're sighting in on. No. That's why that That's one why shot, group. that one shot sight in is a pretty good thing because that's cold bore. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't been shooting. Yeah. Um, but very important for you to practice all different types, all different times, sitting, standing, kneeling, prone, from your sticks, from an angle. Um, with your equipment. With your equipment on, with your equipment off. Um, just practice it. Practice some freehand. That, that doesn't mean, you know, I'll probably never take a shot at an animal freehand unless a bruiser buck jumps up in front of me at 50 yards uh, you know um well I've i'm seen, not gonna shoot I've, it. Seen, I've seen you take a freehand shot with a muzzleloader at the one dude on missed at 10 yards yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no he's right no i was on my shooting sticks i wasn't freehand. Shooting yeah sticks? i was on my shooting okay. sticks okay um absolutely yeah um which doesn't help my case being as how i missed yeah um, but no, I was on my shooting sticks. But you should practice that. Try practice. Try, try practice it shooting. in case it comes up. Absolutely. Uh, you never know. Absolutely. Um, a scenario that that could could bring that up. Let's say you shoot an animal and it goes down, and you think it's dead. You walk up to it. You poke it in the rear end with your gun, and it jumps up. You may not have time to get a rest. You may just have to put one in it. And uh, so there's a scenario where shooting freehand is um, required. Yeah. Um, so so practice everything, even though you may not want to shoot from any from any of those positions. Practice it all. Yeah. And so, real quick, if you sighted your rifle in, you know, two, three, four months beforehand, make sure it's still sighted in before you go hunting. Okay. The best way to do that would be. Practice. It will in the field. In the field, yeah. Uh, That's what I mean. Yeah. Once you get to yeah. your destination. Once you get to your destination, once you get out there, um, we do it. You know, we did it. We we like to uh, when we're archery hunting, we get to our hunt location, we throw up our bags, and we take a few shots just to make sure everything's still shooting good. Same thing with rifles. Um, I know that you don't want to get out there into the field uh, and be blasting away, but. Um, Make sure your stuff's Make sure your stuff still correctly. Right. Yeah. All right. So you sighted in. You've and, and you've practiced. It's really important to keep your gun clean, your equipment clean. Um, and uh, I wanted to stress that whatever you're shooting, you need to know how to field strip it and clean it in the field. And the yep. difference between cleaning it in the field and cleaning it at home. Yes. Because that, that is a major difference. Uh, you may get a little bit of dirt in your barrel. 
uh, out there hunting. If you're taking proper care of your gun, you shouldn't. Um, but there's always that opportunity. I mean, you could get into a dust storm. Yeah, you, you know, never There's a lot know. of things. So, never know. Um, but absolutely know how to field strip that uh, that firearm yeah. or that, that implement. Whatever it is, right. know how to field strip it. And, uh, you know, have the tools to do it if it's, if it's something complicated. I would suggest if it's something complicated, you probably, you know, don't want to be hunting with it. But, probably. you know, most of, most of these... they're there's different types of actions on different types of firearms yep. and each one of them has a different way of field stripping it no familiarize yourself with how to do that I, there's a million youtube videos on how to do that look right. it up and and we're going to put some videos out mm -hmm. on on some basic um uh, cleaning cleaning uh, uh procedures field stripping uh, field stripping stuff like that but Specific to your firearm, if you own a, a a savage firearm, you can get on YouTube and look up. You know, I I own I own a savage three hundred Win Mag. Yeah. Um, you can look up that, and and they're gonna give you a YouTube video on how to clean that exact. Not a. Firearm. You'll find a bunch of them. Yeah. So, so do that. We're gonna have some videos out coming up, um, covering a lot of the stuff that we've covered today. Um, look for it in the future on YouTube um, but that'll be more basic you know it won't be how to do every single firearm um, but they're all different um, and and so know your specific firearm and so you're gonna take into the field with you some basic uh, things for cleaning I've got a big kit that I have at home and I do my cleaning with and it's got a bunch of different stuff it's got a bunch of intricate tools because some of the firearms I have have, well, most firearms have little nooks and crannies and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, to field strip and field clean a weapon, there are some basic things that you're going to need. One, you're going to need some sort of a solvent to break up that gunpowder residue and possibly copper that is in, in, in the gun, depending on how many rounds you fired through it. Um, those solvents are, are chemical-based. They're going to, you know you want to do it in a well ventilated area uh, but they're gonna break down that stuff uh, to make it so that you can wipe it out of the barrel you're gonna need a rod or something equivalent they they have things now that are ropes that have brushes in them uh, but you know you're gonna need a rod or or and and tips like brushes and things like that Correct. to scrape out all that gunk some patches you're gonna to have to have some sort of patch I like cotton patches they're just you know uh, they for me they clean better mm -hmm. uh, but some sort of patch they make them in bulk where you can cut your own or you can buy them per the for the caliber that you're shooting mm -hmm. uh, those again uh, you can cut them down but it's more work so if you're gonna buy the ones buy buy the ones that are pre-cut for your caliber uh, because you could get an, you know, a tool or something jammed up in the barrel if you're not using the correct size patch. And I have done that on a muzzleloader hunt, and, and no it is fun. not fun to ruin your hunt. No, no fun. Um, so you can use your solvent, and you're gonna you're gonna break that stuff up, and then once you get it clean, uh, you're gonna have an oil or a lube uh, to basically ward off any any water or anything like that so those are things that you're going to need uh guys we're running out of time uh 
we will put some more content out here on this and we hope that you guys have a good time sighting in keep following along with us uh we're gonna try and uh show as much as we can for you be safe adios